Okay, let's see here. All right, uh, welcome to a bonus edition of Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to learn about other cultures and see what's going on in other places in the world. Uh, today, I have my very first returning guest on the podcast. So, fun, fun fact. Gada was actually my very first interview, technically. So um, I did have a co-host at the early stages of the podcast, but there was a particular day my co-host couldn't make it to record. I think that was like early, early, like episode six or something. And at the time, me and Gada were both students at American University and we're both doing like a project together or something. So I, I just asked her that, hey, you know, would you like to come on the podcast? So she agreed. And that was my very first episode. I talked to her about, you know, where she's from, which is Saudi Arabia and a whole bunch of other stuff. And she actually inspired the pivot for the podcast. So prior to her coming on the show, uh, me and my co-host, we just talk about general stuff about, you know, how it is being an African immigrant living in the U.S. Well, Gala actually opened my eyes to, you know, reach out to people who are not like me so people from different backgrounds and started to starting to talk to people from different countries so i'm sure she doesn't know that but she actually inspired the format of the podcast the way it is today so how are you doing gala hi noza i am doing great thank you so much for having me again it's a pleasure uh, and i am also really happy because a fun fact that you don't know about me that uh, our uh, conversation two years ago uh, inspired this book and uh, I am so grateful uh, for that. Oh, most definitely. Oh, mutual inspiration. So we're very happy. And she's, of course, talking about her new book or her intended new book, uh, The World Gate Saudi Arabia Public Policy in Saudi Arabia. And we'll definitely get to talk about that. But first, uh, from what I understand, you're currently in Jordan. How's the situation there? Because Jordan is just like five, six hours from Lebanon, right? Yeah, uh, with with the issue that happened in Lebanon a few days ago, um, how's the atmosphere uh, in the country in general? Yeah, I think all of us here in the Middle East and around the world are broken for what happened here. I've been receiving a lot of voice notes from my Lebanese friends crying and like trying to hold up. Some colleagues here like have families there in Lebanon. Uh, so far, people around me they lost just like material damages. They lost material damages, which have material stuff, uh, but not somebody who's close to them or like somebody who's like alive, if we could say. So um, I think we're sad uh, here in Jordan because it's really close to Lebanon. We're trying to hold up, if we could say that. But as I say all the time, Lebanon is a strong country and uh, Lebanese are all the time who are uh, supporting all the the Arab world uh, by giving them hope and smile and joy so may Allah bless them and inshallah in the coming uh, future they will have a better situation better than this most definitely and our hearts you know go out to everyone uh, every Lebanese person that was affected directly or indirectly by this strategy and you know we hope that uh, the creator will give you you know the fortitude to bear whatever it is uh, you lost uh, let's talk about your book um the world gate saudi arabia public policy in saudi arabia but let's talk about the title why did you choose to name your book the world gate so uh, i know that it's funny because in the beginning like i really was like i i I didn't know should i name it public policy in saudi arabia and just go with it 
But while preparing for the book, I was listening to one of the interviews for the Crown Prince um, Hamid bin Salman, and he was saying something about Saudi Arabia has uh, three important uh, significant factors. Saudi Arabia is the heart of the Muslim and the Arab world, and also Saudi Arabia is the investment uh, house power, and it's the hub that connects three continents. And then I was like, hmm, well, maybe Saudi Arabia would be the, the future world gate where everybody could, uh, could come and uh, uh, enjoy uh, their time and invest and like look up to. And from that specific phrases, the book title came, the, the world gate, Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. And in the book, uh, from what I understand, you talk about Vision 2030 and yes. the quality of life program. Um, what exactly are those for people who are not familiar? Yes, sure. So as I mentioned before, in this interview, uh, Crown Prince Mohammed um, bin Salman mentioned the three uh, important significant factors that Saudi Arabia has. And these factors are led um, are the strength point uh, in Saudi Arabia, and they led the vision. Meaning that in the vision, we have three important pillars or like the vision is built on uh, three pillars. One, vibrant community, thriving economy, and third, ambitious nation. If we could say that Saudi Arabia used the strength it has to, to build its future. Uh, and this is how the, the vision was, was built on the, the, the factors that Saudi Arabia or the, how, what Saudi Arabia could leverage in this world. In the book, I talk more about how Saudi Arabia, in the beginning uh, of 2017, started to implement the root of this uh, vision and how they built capacity until 2020 to implement this, uh, the, this vision. Uh, one more thing that I also wanted to focus on, the quality of life. All these three pillars are focusing on uh, quality of life in Saudi Arabia. This is the most important thing I think right now uh, we're having after these five years of like fixing and quick fix and uh, uh, reflecting on uh, the past um, in Saudi Arabia and like fixing a lot of objectives and like rectifying a lot of plans. Right now, Saudi Arabia is looking more to uh, for the quality of, uh, of life, how we could make uh, Saudi's life, um, how we could give them quality of life in which they can uh, give back to this country, in which uh, we can excel in the world, in which uh, we could be like great global citizens. So um, these are uh, points are included in the first, I think, two or two, three chapters in the book. Got it. And of course, uh, like I think we also discussed about this in our previous interview, but you've always been a huge fan of the of the Crown Prince, and he seems to be inspi- inspiring a lot of young people out there in Saudi Arabia, amongst other things. Uh, why do you think uh, he, in particular, is so important to public policy in Saudi Arabia? I think because if we can say that he he's the design of this vision. So he's the one who designed this vision. He's the one who started this uh, this uh, vision since 2016. And I think uh, it's important because it's, I think his role is really important because he started a serious change, uh, meaning that even in the beginning of this vision, a lot of people doubted like some plans or some objectives, but every time he tried to make the best out of it, <clears throat> so I think Crown Prince Mohammed um, bin Salman, he's the design, uh, the designer of this vision. 
And this is why I think his role is really important because he started a serious change in the country, started with the government, started with uh, uh, building serious agencies and important agencies uh, within the government, and also transparency. He focused all the time on transparency. And these three things are uh, really important in the change that Saudi Arabia faced in the the past five years. So, um, of course, I'm a big fan of his work. And uh, I'm a big fan also of all the changes uh, that happened in Saudi Arabia in the past few years. Got it. And, you know, uh, I guess a lot of people agree with you that, you know, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is uh, a lot more liberal, I can say, uh, if I can use that word, from, you know, previous rulers. And obviously, the most po- some of the most popular policies, you know, um, uh, women can now drive in Saudi Arabia and things like that. Uh, but he, he might not be as popular outside Saudi Arabia for controversies that we probably would not be able to get into this episode, but it seems to be really popular, especially among young folk in the country. And that's something to, I guess, encourage. Uh, let me ask you this question. Why do you think you are the right person to write this book? As in, what's your background? Now, why do you think uh, we should rely on you to tell the story objectively and accurately? Okay, I would be really surprised if you didn't ask this question, Noza, but thank you for asking it. So, uh, as you know that I've been uh, studying and focusing more uh, and searching more in public policy since uh, 2016. And uh, I, my degree, my master's degree is in public policy uh, management. Uh, I got that degree from Georgetown, in which uh, I focused more on studying public policy around the world, but mainly in Saudi Arabia. I think I'm, uh, I'm not going to say I'm the most qualified person because I'm not, but like I think as a young uh, Saudi woman who lived in, uh, in Saudi Arabia and also lived another good years in the United States, I think I bring a really good perspective talking about public policy. Uh, I'm, I'm also, as I mentioned, young. So like I, ha- I lived in Saudi Arabia before these changes and uh, after these changes. So I can reflect more. I could bring more more perspective to this book because I've seen Saudi Arabia before and after, and uh, yeah, so far I think different perspective to 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 the to, to this book. Uh, do you think it's too early to write a book like this? Because most books on public policy are almost retrospective, if I can make that anecdote, looking back at, you know, things that happened 30 years ago and, you know, the effects. While right in the middle of some of these changes now, how are you sure that these changes will lead to a better quality of life uh, like you propose in uh, Saudi Arabia? Yes, of course. So I think this book is not going to gather all the information, to be honest with you. I know, and I uh, recognize that there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things that we still have to do in Saudi Arabia in order to achieve uh, our goals for 2030. But I think I'm trying to to show uh, the world and also Saudi that just in five years, when we made serious changes, we achieved more. So it's a it's a journey to to be documented. To be honest with you, it's a journey that really worth to be d- documented uh, for for the country and for us as Saudis. And I think starting that from the beginning is great because I know I'm gonna fix a lot of stuff in future copies of this book. But right for for right now, I think from 2016 until t- 2020, so far we did a lot of great stuff, and I'm so proud of it. 
and I just want to share it with the world. And um, yeah, in the future, we're going to have a better things or a better changes. But uh, for now, I think it's worth um, the writing, to be honest with you. And, you know, it's interesting to see that, you know, you're already talking about future copies of this book, uh, which just goes to show that this is a lifelong mission for you. You're really interested in public policy. But for you personally, what do you hope to achieve uh, with this book? Do you just uh, think it's important to document things or do you hope that the book can inspire, can open the eyes of readers in the West and other parts of the world to what's going on. What's your personal stake in this project? Yeah, um, you know, Noza, when when I was like, um, I'm not gonna say when I was a little girl because it wasn't little, but like years ago when I uh, when I moved to the United States, one day there was a Japanese students with, with us, and um, I think he said he doesn't know what's Saudi Arabia, and um, I was like. How did like I was like really surprised. I was like Saudi Arabia. It's a huge country in the middle of. Uh, it's the same uh, way. It's the same with all countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I was really surprised. I was like, we import oil. We have a lot of oil. But I was really shocked that day. Mm. And he said something that resonated with with me until today. He said like Saudi Arabia didn't do anything, so I don't I don't know where is it on the map. And from that day until. Today, I still have that. I still remember him saying that word. And I was like, maybe it's the time to show the world what's really Saudi Arabia is. We, we are like a unique country. And I, I, I love to say that about us. We are a unique country. We're not Western. We're not Eastern. We're just like, uh, we have our own case and we have our own life. And we want to show the world that, yeah, we could be, each individual in Saudi Arabia could be a global citizen, but also we could be us Saudis. We could hold into our own values as Saudis. We could show the world what's really being a real Saudi is, but also being uh, but also be a, a global citizen. So yeah, um, my personal agenda, if we could say that, is the world. I want the world to see Saudi Arabia as it is. Especially from a public policy perspective, right? Yeah, especially from a public policy perspective, not from like anybody who's outside of Saudi Arabia writing about it. No, we want to write us. We want to write our history. We want to show the world what is Saudi Arabia is. Okay, so it's important for you to you know communicate to the world that quality of life is improving and will improve in Saudi Arabia, and things are changing, uh, particularly from the public policy perspective. And just to touch on what you mentioned about the Japanese uh, individual you interacted with, like that's common. I mean, we both lived in Washington, D.C. for or the D.C. metro area for a while. And it's the same thing. You know, you meet someone from one country. And so I'm, I'm sure someone told that Japanese student that, hey, they don't know where Japan is you know, at some point in their life. I know I've said that for Nigeria, but that's the beauty about the world we live in today. You know, what I'm doing with this podcast, what you're doing with your book. Uh, what you know, other people are doing with other projects. Uh, I feel like as we go into the future, the world will become smaller and smaller, and we need more of these interactions because we can all learn from each other. You know, in order to make the world generally uh, more tolerable uh, as regarding you know cultural interactions and things like that. So yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Gada, for coming on uh, the podcast. Do you have any closing thoughts uh, before I ask you where people can get the book? 
so far, I think I'm grateful for, for giving me the time and uh, the platform to talk about this book. But there is another thing that um, I just want to wanna say. We think that we know each other as, um, as people or as global citizens or like as nations. But we don't know, like re- really, we don't know each other until we just sit and listen to each other. And uh, working in the UNESCO has taught me that sometimes you just have to be calm and sit and listen to other people talking about themselves because sometimes the perception that you have might not be true. And like 90% of the time at times it's not true. So yeah, I wish for all of us to just sit and listen to each other and hear each, each other and let each other be themselves. And that's uh, my closing uh, statement actually. I mean, amen to that. Amen to that. That's the whole objective of this podcast, you know, getting to sit down with people from different backgrounds. I've been privileged to talk to people from over, uh, I think, almost 40 countries or more now. So um, everyone has a very unique perspective. And over time, I've been able to, you know, break down some of those misconceptions that I've had about some specific cultures all around the world. Um, Where can people get this book? Uh, How can people reach out to you if someone wants to, like, you know, collaborate with you or maybe wants to invite you for a talk to speak more about it uh, or if someone just wants to buy the book or read it, uh, how can they reach out to, to do these things? Perfect. So um, I launched uh, a campaign to, uh, to support the book and this cam- a campaign, when you pre-order the book, you will get a lot of advantages such as joining my uh, beta community, such as getting thank you note, a person, a person thank, thank you note. And also um, you could have a chance to help me figure out which cover I want to, I want to have with this book. I'll give you the link, uh, um, the pre-order link for anybody who's really interested. And also they will find my Twitter account, my LinkedIn account um, in, in that page too. Yeah, most definitely. If you guys just want to go to the show notes and click on that link, you can uh, go over to Gada's pre-order landing page and, you know, get all the information you want about the book and about its author. Uh, It's been Cultural Class Podcast. Uh, This is a short bonus episode um, talking about The World Gate, a book by Gada Al-Rifia, talking about public policy in Saudi Arabia. Uh, If you want to learn more, go to culturalclasspodcast.com. We probably will be following Gada as she progresses on this project and may have one or two bonus content on our website as well. Follow Culture Class Podcast everywhere on social media. Reach out to us and tell us what you think. Until next time, stay safe.